And I'm Lindsay. And this is the slightly late episode 12 of Ningyo Bingo. Where you keep collecting dolls, but never seem to win the game. So, uh, this weekend, uh, Lindsay and I actually got to get together in uh, the lovely meat space, which was quite a lovely experience. Which is actually a nice follow-up, considering I think last time we were talking about meetups, or two episodes before that, some recently we talked about meetups and how satisfying they can be, and it is, in fact, quite satisfying. <laughs> it, it wasn't a doll-centric meet. In fact, I don't think we brought anything along dolls along, but it, it, it was still nice. Um, actually, we did uh, yesterday, which I think was the, uh, the 4th, yeah, the 4th of yes. March. I think you said in one of your Twitter things it was National uh, uh, Dungeon Master Day? Yeah, apparently that is a thing that exists. <laughs> and for those of you who aren't familiar with tabletop RPGs, like Dungeons & Dragons being the most famous, uh, the Dungeon Master or GM or Game Master is the person who runs the game and often are putting a lot of effort into it so other people can play the game with them. And apparently March 4th is GM Day, and I was pleased because I got to run a game for some very good friends of mine who I haven't played an RPG with, like, in that style in a, with in a long time. So And, and uh, just just so we can, can pimp their wares, since it was a very fun game to play, what was the name oh, of this game? Oh, yes. Okay, so um, if you are familiar with Dungeons & Dragons... This is only tangentially like Dungeons and Dragons. If you're you want to have fun having like an interesting game where you're sort of the half-blooded children of strange unreal gods, then I highly suggest you play the game Royal Blood, which is written by Grant Howitt. That's G R A N T H O W I T T. It's extraordinarily cheap. You can buy it for $7 off of itch.io, I-T-C-H dot I-O. Just search for Royal Blood on that website and it will come up immediately. It's a great short game intended for one session. And if you were like ever interested, it's, it's a little offbeat, but the aesthetic of it is a lot of fun and the mechanics are a lot of fun. I think the cost of actually buying the game is cheaper than the cost to buy a pair of tarot cards that you are supposed to use to play the game with. Yeah, actually. I think you're probably right. Um, the main mechanic is it settles around tarot cards. I, there's a lot into this. If you aren't an RPG person, soon we will get to dolls. I trust us. We'll yes. get there. Yes. But I really suggest trying out Royal Blood if you want to try out a different style of game and you're interested in playing pretend with some friends and telling a story together. And yes. it is sort of themed with the tarot, which is really kind of fun. And, like, honestly, you could print out tarot cards on a piece of paper and it would work just as well. And I'm sure you could even use playing cards with stand-ins or something like that for... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it would be fine. Um, So that was fun. Uh, she also got to see my new growing collection of uh, Attractionistas dolls, which is an interesting line of dolls uh, made exclusively for Disney parks with each doll being inspired by uh, a Disney attraction. Uh, they're quite, quite great. I plan on doing a, a webisode on them soon. I just want to see if uh, Disney might, uh, probably not, but maybe graciously uh, grant us an interview with the designers of the dolls or the packaging. 
that would be I don't know. I don't know. Are we ready for that sort of touching I mean, people who actually work in this industry? Why, I don't know. Why not? Believe in the me that believes in you. Uh, <laughs> why not? Um, we can always try. Um, we had a great discussion talking about the strengths and weaknesses of that line and the strengths and weaknesses of being creative when designing on a theme. Yes. Which they're very interesting about and... Sometimes you can just definitely tell when someone had a really great idea and sometimes they're like, well, we have to do this thing. I don't have a lot of ideas. Hmm. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> but- and somehow in this conversation, we got to the conversation of uh, uh, Figma and uh, how... Oh, goodness. Yes. Because uh, <laughs> my husband was talking about how he's a generally pretty strong person on a day-to-day basis. He only He only has to worry he has to worry about breaking things on accident. You know, like if he tries too hard to open a thing or this or that. And I'm said, well, basically the only time I've ever broken anything is when uh, a joint fuses on a figure. Yeah. So about that, I recently, uh, I'm a big, I have a very targeted collection of figure arts and unfortunately, at the start of the line, it's the Tiger and Bunny anime figure arts line. And the start of the line with the first, I would say, three or four figures are incredibly quality. The paint details, the material use, the way they're just designed, they're very beautifully made, sturdy pieces. But uh, about, I would say, like, nine or ten, like, the last figure they made for the figure arts line for this series was um, a unique character to uh, sort of a spin-off thing they did and called Golden Ryan. And he is, he was the end of the line, and the company that supports this series isn't super invested in it at this point, and... He has these giant wings on the back of him, and frankly, the design of where the wings go into the body is just really, really poor, considering how heavy they are. And I was mid-conversation with a friend of mine as we were looking at the sort of line, because I have a problem, and <laughs> discussing the relative strengths and weaknesses, like, and agreeing with ourselves. It's like, yeah, it's definitely, like, the quality went down, da- like, there's a certain point where the quality went down a level. They're still beautiful figures. I mean, compared to many figures, they're, like, still pretty quality, but com- within themselves, there's very clear difference from the earliest section of the line and, like, a year or two later as they were trying to finish out the um, collection. And as I was speaking, yeah, and people have said they've had a lot of problems with Golden Ryan's wings. I had him in hand, and I brushed his wing very gently, and then the wing just dropped. (laughs) To the desk beneath me. And I stared at it, and my friend stared at it, and I looked at her, and I went, see? (laughs) Look! (laughs) Great example! So you're, unfortunately, your Figma <laughs> is a comedian. He knows he knows comedic timing. Um, he does, and it's strangely appropriate for the um, character that he's based on. But now I have the problem of twofold problem. I have a the prongs that hold the wings in place. They're now broken off fairly significantly. So problem one: 
How do I solve that? Problem two is that the broken off pieces of plastic are stuck inside of their mounting. And the mounting itself is sized fairly well, so they're really in there and there is no way to scrape them out. <laughs> well, don't worry. There's no opposite side and there's there's ways to fix it, but Becca... <laughs> don't worry, because this is episode 12 of Ningyo Bingo. Rescue can be fun. Doll repairs. Oh, well, that's convenient now, isn't it? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's almost like we planned the segue and we actually used it. Look what happens <laughs> when me and Becca actually talk about the segue before we start recording so that I actually know we're having a segue. Right. Which is not what normally happens. No, no, it's not. So so no. we're going to get into um, repair of pieces. Um, but yeah, uh, doll repairs, uh, you always have that panic first. But odds are, if it's happened to you, it's happened to someone before, and there's a fix for it. Granted- Oh, absolutely. The places and the ways that things break, especially within a company, are often well-documented, or at least one person has had happened before, because a lot of these things will be either common problems or known structural weaknesses in the object itself. And because we kind of- make a bond with our dolls in a way, uh, bond with them as art pieces, as uh, kind of uh, an end of a project or things like that. If something happens to it, it can be devastating. But yeah, there's so much investment in many meanings of the word. Yes, but don't panic because just like waiting for your doll was part of your experience of having the doll, Repairing the doll and going through the journey of repairing the doll will make you closer to your doll. So, it'll be okay. In fact, in the end, you might look at the doll and say, Aw, oh, we went through this together and we got through it. I think in a lot of ways, it it's strange to put it this way, but it personalizes the object more for you. Because there is literally no nothing else in the world like it now. Yeah, yeah. So, perfection is perfection, but, you know, life happens. Hell, I have- It does, and you have to- when this happens, you have to move outside of the strong collector mindset of mint. Like, that, that has to be set aside. There is a way to solve things. It's no longer mint. That was gone a long time ago. But there will be a fix. It will look beautiful, and there is a way. <laughs> it's not like our ball-jointed dolls come in- um, on cards with vacuum formed plastic or anything like that. It they're they're meant to be brought out. They're meant to be played with. Um, I, okay, I won't be saying they're meant to be displayed outside of a box. If they're meant to be displayed outside of a box, things are gonna happen to them. And the number one thing that's gonna happen to every single piece of resin is that once you take it out of the box, it's gonna yellow. <laughs> There is really no escaping it, although I think Volks, I know in particular, makes a big point of trying to change the formulations of what they seal the resin in and the resin itself, trying to counter this problem. But the very nature of the beast is that the pigments inside the resin are relatively unstable. I, uh, I'm, I think I mentioned last episode, I just got a new uh, feet for my SD13 boy, and... He was in the generation, I'm rather sure, that was UV Protect. And there's still over 
I guess, almost like a 10-year difference from when he was originally purchased from his original owner till now. There's a decent difference between the two pigments of skin. Um, yes. Now, and I think there's one... There, first of all, like with yellowing, the first way to approach it is this is going to happen. And a lot of people actually like the mellowing nature of that color change. Yes. As, as long as you don't have like a doll like the uh, Bambacronis that were blue and then ended up being green in a very short while because I think they had the uh, French resin as well, which was more yeah. prone. Um, I think they used the French resin because it was easier for it to use that with the fantasy colors they used for their fairies. Um, I'm pretty sure you're correct because my understanding of French resin, which is a type, um, is that it has more translucency to it. Which, frankly, does sound like, to me, something that would be more prone to changing color. Yeah. Um, so so they had that issue. But um, on most of the other resins we have, we have our white resins and our normal skins, which tend to come in a either pinkier tone or yellower tone. Um, it's just going to get a little bit more yellow. Uh, yeah. For example, if you've ever seen um, Piano Keys, a really old piano... Or even uh, my husband's uh, PlayStation 2 controller, or my play husband's PlayStation 3 controller, uh, which was white plastic. Uh, they're both yellow now. Um, and when we say yellow, we're not talking about daisy yellow. Um, the or best, are we? <laughs> the best way I could uh, describe it is if you go shopping for a wedding, you're going to have 18 shades of white. Yeah, somehow white does have different colors in it. Yes. Um, so people are going to be... Especially weddings. <laughs> yeah, so there's going to be pearl and everything else. And the, what you come across is ivory. And that's the best way I can describe the type of yellowing, uh, at least at the initial kind of stages or a, a more stable resin will end up. It ends up looking ivory. So it has a mellow, warm, almost tea-colored yellow to it. And for certain, if the yellow is, yellowing is consistent through the doll and there's no other issues, I personally really enjoy the color of a white-skinned doll that has mellowed into that slightly yellow, warmer tone. Yeah, both my uh, Delph Lishy and my um, uh, Doll Zone Yume are, are in this category. The Yume was a little bit more yellower, I think, than I would like. It's kind of getting more... She is yeah, she is definitely, like, a little bit more deeply into the yellowing, though. She's fairly old. She's very old. Her resin is less dense, which I think allows the UV rays to get deeper into the resin. Um, yeah. My Delta Which is the, um, for those who don't know, that is what's causing this process to happen, is the UV wave of light that is present in daylight re has a, it breaks down certain things when it's contacts for lack of a better word there's a sort of destructive reaction to it and certain pigments in pati are particularly prone to either to begin to break down or have chemical composition changes in the presence of uv um so most yellowing is actually because of this uh just on the surface of the resin 
If you sand down a little, little, possibly even with just a mixer, clean magic eraser type thing, which is a micro abrasive, basically it's a really, 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 really fine sandpaper, you might be able to lighten the tone a little. As an aside note about um, magic eraser, it's an abrasive. Don't use it willy-nilly in other cleaning situations with your doll. Yes, um... Mr. Clean magic erasers are also good for the same reason for any surface stains that your doll might have incurred because of, for example, clothing or other things like that uh, for your resin dolls. Um, now, if this if the yellowing is a bit deeper, you have to treat it a little differently. Or, I should say, you have to treat it kind of like your teeth. So <laughs> it's true. We do have a few a few methods of teeth whitening that are strangely similar to what we have to do in these processes. Well, oddly enough, also the uh, the same remedy for dolls and teeth they also recommend using for ivory on old uh, old pianos. But you know, when you think about it, that's kind of like elephant teeth. So that yeah. makes sense. It, it, it's all t- ivory is teeth. Yes, yes it is. Sorry to break anyone's bubble, but ivory is literally teeth. <laughs> so, so this is this is example 1 where we're actually trying to whiten it. Um people have mentioned using things like OxyClean, um but it was funny because the same post also mentioned don't use anything with bleach. OxyClean is bleach. It's just a very diluted bleach. Um, so, and it has a few other things going on in it, too. But there's definitely bleach involved. So you could literally use a whitening toothpaste. Um, whitening toothpastes are, by nature, slightly abrasive, usually as well, as they are designed to scrub your teeth. Um, but basically, what's in a toothpaste that helps whiten is baking soda and hydrogen peroxide. Ah, so it's that combination of two things you put together and they foam a lot and there's a lot of um, a a chemical reaction that creates a lot of um, gases. Now, I'm going to mention a lot of things in this episode that, um, well, maybe two or three things that are compounds or something that you place on your doll. In any cases like this, who knows? Every resin is different. Every pigment in the resin is different. It might over-whiten it. It might over-bleach it. Use it on an area of your doll that is not noticeable first. Maybe a head cap, maybe a spare piece. Um, Maybe even use it on an area that you can easily sand down afterwards to remove that one layer that it affected. Um, Yes. So always in any of these cases when you're introducing chemicals or anything else into a situation, test it first companies even within companies they will change what they're using or the formulas and us as consumers we don't have access really to the complex formulas that are probably semi-trade secret for everybody so uh, there's no way to know <laughs> so since this is almost paste like uh the the directions i saw which made a good deal of sense involved getting one box i imagine the small refrigerator size boxes of baking soda, uh, one 8-ounce container of hydrogen peroxide, mixing that up and soaking paper towels in it, and then wrapping your resin in those paper towels. And then you let it sit. Um, the person described the photo as kind of looking like mashed potatoes because it happened to be in a silver bowl with all these white, lumpy 
uh, paper towels <laughs> wrapped around I normally mashed potatoes is a scary thing to think of in relation to something precious that you own, but we swear it's okay. Yes. Uh, she Then you rinse it off, see how it is, um, let it go a little while. If it seems like it needs another treatment, do it again. I... This person left it on overnight. You could leave it longer. Um, but as long as you're doing your test piece first, you should see kind of what's working. Um, because Another thing about this, too, is if you're going to go ahead and try to treat the entire doll, you want to pay attention to your times and amounts. Because otherwise you may have some pieces whiter than other pieces. So it's something to keep in mind as you're working on it. Yes, the uh, the paper towels help reduce that potential happening because they make sure everything has an even touch all the way around it. Unlike our dyeing episode where you submerge the whole thing, we are only really concerned with the, a little bit of resin that shows on the outside. Uh, so this is how we do it. But speaking yes. of our dyeing episode, <laughs> uh, one uh, way to combat things becoming yellow is to add pigments in that make it less yellow. Um, in a way, you're trying to either counter the yellowing tones or replace what's been removed, so to speak. Yes, uh, so the pigment that might have been less color fast and kind of drained away and been bleached by the sun and the UV rays, you're trying to bring that back into the resin. Uh, so in that way, there's um, you would make a less much less um, potent mixture than if you're trying to get a tan doll or things like that. Uh, there's one thread on Den of Angels uh, that they call it the anti-zombie serum. And it involves, oh, I've seen that thread. I'm really pleased by the name of it. It's quite clever. Yes, because it looks yellow and gangrenous and um, jaundice-y. So it looks can look mm -hmm. sickly. Um, but when you add the pink back in, it looks warm and and lively again um if you're going this works obviously it doesn't work that well for white skin but would work wondrously for the pink normal skin probably not as well for the yellow normal skin um so she had a specific uh ratio per she or he i didn't really pay attention per the um pan of water that you would then use all of the uh instructions that you would normally use for our dyeing dolls heat it up boil it leave it in there take it out do a test piece first and they came out quite quite nicely i would have to say that's another one of those situations of course where you do would like do want to do some testing first because the amounts that you may use may be different than one company to another company and you don't want to put in a doll and come out with oh now she's fuchsia Yes. Um, uh, one recommendation for this was that you could also use it in uh, hybridizing dolls into getting the resin to match without airbrushing it, um, which was a very marvelous idea. The idea of subtly dyeing it to get a better match, which would be a much more permanent solution. Oh, um, absolutely. So um, I think that covers most of yellowing. Um as a always, side note here, I think, is that a lot of what we are talking about, we're talking purely about the end of the spectrum where we're in the normal to beauty, to, to what the beauty white end of what companies are talking about. Not when the you tan. Go into the, 
not the tan. Tan is already a different situation, a more complex situation, because there is a lot of pigment suspended within the resin. And to create a brown, though it looks brown on the surface, there may be a mixture that may include green, yellow, purples. To create a brown, you combine together two, in your color theory, would be two opposite sides of the spectrum, like a yellow and a blue becomes brown. That kind of idea. A red, or I may be messing up my color wheel. But tan is a complex color situation, which does shift and is affected by UV. But trying to bring it back is something that I both the community doesn't have a lot of experience with, and that, does, like, for example, the whitening thing we're talking about, that won't help you at all. Yeah, so you don't want to end up bleaching or removing pigment from your um, tan doll, because then it would look kind of weird and odd- oddball. And if you misapplied it so it wasn't as even, unlike a, a light-colored doll, it would become very, very obvious. Um, oh, yes, one tip. Any th- when you're applying any sort of chemical to your doll... Um, you might want to use a light, uh, wash it down first and then use a light rubbing of your magic eraser just to kind of almost like exfoliating. You want to open up the pores and then, you know, wash it off again. You want, you want the chemical to go right against the resin into the resin pores to work as best as it can. And uh, hope, and just to make it say outright, if your doll has been sealed in any way with a layer of Mr. Super Clear or a UV coating from Volks or anything like that, you're going to want to remove any of that, including if you're working on a head, if there's a face-up on there and you want to do any of these techniques, generally the face-up is going to have to be destroyed in the process because any of those layers are going to prevent what you're trying to do from reaching the resin and cleaning it out. Speaking of face-ups... Face-ups are the oh. one thing that are really, really hard to repair without starting from scratch. Yeah, there's a lot about how a face-up is done and the delicacy of the face-up, no matter how well-sealed it might be, that just doesn't well survive any touch-ups. Yeah, basically, if it's almost like uh, it's almost like there's a layer of icing on top of a cake. If you chip a piece of that icing off, it's hard to get it in there and blend it in exactly right without seeing the crack or the the difference between the two. Um, Not to say that it can't happen, but... uh, It does. I think it would be something that would take a lot of skill, a lot of patience. And in the process of trying to do what you're trying to do, you would probably end up in a position of needing to start over anyway. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So... Uh, the an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Make sure you have your your face covers on. Make sure when they're standing, if they are not steady standers, they have a stand. Um, Even if they are steady standers, please have a stand if you're not next to it. Right. Um, make sure when you're painting your face up initially that you clean the head very well so that the layers of paint adhere to it very well so it doesn't uh chip off. I've heard stories of uh facial oils or release agents from the casting or things like that where someone didn't paint clean the face well enough where it just kind of boop, popped right off uh in a in like a little cracked chunk almost like a a cracked piece of ice oh dear 
Yes. Because um, a lot of the... When you're making a resin mold, there is almost... You must almost always put some sort of release agent inside to prevent any issues are sticking in the process. And those release agents are designed to repel resin, which means that the varnishes that we're the spray on varnishes we're using, which is what Mr. Super Clear and everything else act really are. They have no chance. Yeah. Um, also when you're working in and around the eyes, uh, and with the eyelashes, always make sure you use your PVA water soluble glue for your eyelashes and be nice and gentle and patient taking off of that area because in that area there tends to be a lot of um sometimes if there's a lady it'll have uh extra layers of varnish and things on there extra layers of uh enamel or something shiny to make the eyelid shiny uh extra layers of paint there for blushing the thicker it is the easier it is for it to pop or crack and you just take your time putting taking eyes in and out especially uh folk size a lot of the the standards and limited releases when you get them initially will have the eyes hot glued in um so just and that's a whole process in itself to get out and there's a lot of people who have tried very many different methods to do so yeah take your time um the the method that i saw folks advertise back when they had a bunch of how-tos on their site was actually to dip um a, a hobby knife in acetone um, so it's just lightly coated and then slowly go in and around. And oh, then really? you keep doing that slowly. I would venture to say, well, I think that's the only way you're going to get it with hot glue. Um, well, I've also heard of um, methods that involve freezing the head to make the hot glue more brittle and to it, the hot glue sort of pulls away a little bit from the resin and that makes it easier to chip out from behind the eyes. I feel like that would be a better idea because, once again, I don't want to bring acetone anywhere near a face-up because that's especially, a solvent. Especially if it's, for example, a limited edition Volks custom face-up. Yeah, I don't want that. So I just, like, stared into the distance and had a small moment of, ah, yes, the horror, the horror. Speaking <laughs> so of the scary. horror, <laughs> I, I made a whoops one time. Uh, oh no (laughs) do you remember the first thing that first doll that i had that got injured i know the first doll that you had but i'm not sure about the injury part so it was my husband's jeep and it was an otakon i think it was the first otakon where i had her um oh and she was vaguely recall the the story but i don't very well so we're sitting in the um, parking garage. The Jeep's a hatchback, so it's opened. And I sit her on something in the back of the car as we're kind of getting things together. And she placed plants from something on the top of the inside of the Jeep onto the pavement. Oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I felt that. I felt that in my chest. <laughs> Just listening to it. I have heard this story before, but I still, again, ooh. It wasn't so bad. Um, as most balls do, they face plant nose first. Um, her nose got flattened out a little. 
Resins are plastics. Which is really, really fantastic and semi-miraculous, all things considered. Yeah, and Delphs have gigantic pointy noses, so it's no friggin' surprise. Um, <laughs> it's true. We're talking about Tempest, I believe, right now. Yeah, I know. Like, they pretty much, like, turn to, to say hello- hi to you and their nose smacks you in their face. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could hurt a man with that. Yeah, really. So, resins are plastics, and plastics have memory. I was able to heat her up a little, just a little. You could do it with a heat lamp. You could do it with steam. Just gently heat them, and it might have enough memory in the plastic for the dent to pop back out. If it's a gentle dent. Small. Now, there was chips, actually, where the gravel had dug into her ankles. And for this, uh, mm. you'll be a fami- familiar with this from our past episode, episode 11. I used two-part epoxy sculpt. She was a beauty white, so it wasn't. I didn't have to mix very much of anything into it. And I just mixed the two-part epoxy, placed it in there, and then wait for it to dry. And then I sanded it down afterwards, and it was completely smooth again. It was right near the ankle, so it wasn't really a noticeable place. Um, but that's how... That's how that part got fixed. So especially if you have a particularly pale doll, if you have minor, like, in um, several dolls, in fact, going on, uh, talking about epoxy and what you can do with it in, like, minor repairs. If you have, especially around um, joints like the hand and the ankle, there's a lot of pressure there because there is elastic string running through the interior of the body and the ends of those strings are holding your hands and feet in most models onto the doll. So that's where a lot of the pressure of that extended string is pulling those end round balls into the cup shapes that they sit into. And it's one of the more common, very minor, cracking places that I've seen people talk about. If only partially because they're also fairly thinner walls in the cup end of the limbs. And just like with what Becca was talking about here, a little bit of two-part epoxy, you press it into the open space left behind by the wound after having gently cleaned it out so there's no like free-floating chips. You let it set, you take a very, very gentle sanding device, like a microabrasion, smooth it down so that it is completely flush with the rest of the resin, and it, you may be able to tint it very close to the actual resin color, or you may have to get some creative with blushing to work it back in, but it is worth filling in those cracks because that first crack becomes a weakness and a weak point in the structure of that resin. And if you don't reinforce it, it may just keep going. Um, to that point, uh, just like we mentioned in our last episode, um, you're going to want to use glue for this. Uh, epoxy is a type of, of glue. It's a type of uh, bonding adhesive. You could also use... Um, I would recommend super glue um, because you don't want to use PVA, water-soluble glue, for this because you're kind of... Well, PVA is still water-soluble, but it's not quite as water-soluble as PVA glue or white glue. Um, I've heard people actually 
putting their doll piece in the uh, fridge or freezer so it can open up the crack. So they can put the glue in the crack and then as it warms up, it seals together, pressing that glue together. Um, Which is quite clever, if you ask me. <laughs> now, if it's in a point that's not, like, going to be so weird by a joint, or maybe you just want to put in some suading anyway, anytime you put in something across where you have a crack, it's going to reinforce that from happening again. So let's say it's in the, um, the ball cup of the knee. If you glue it and then put in suading, glue around suading around that inside, almost like a, a patch on it, that will help reinforce that spot. Not always It's an all option. about like directing pressure and your awareness of where the pressures are within the piece, I think is a lot of it yeah so that that should help a lot um so another thing that's just uh i i think we'll we'll kind of close up our our uh unless you have any more thoughts um well I'm tr i was thinking about like common minor issues Beyond the point of what we've talked about, you're starting to get into a zone where you need to get a little bit more aggressive is not quite the word I want, but it's the word that's coming to mind. A bit more gung-ho and confident in we must remake them <laughs> in our image sort of style of thinking. Well, um, I almost... I've seen various dolls that were heavily damaged by pets who oh God. found a nice round thing and was like, ah, I should nomin this. And many of the, the smaller parts of that can be fixed in things we've talked about, but some may require some more restructuring or recreating of the piece than is what I would really call a simple thing. Yes, um, there is one amazing story on Den of Angels about a doll that was able to mostly survive a fire. Um, so oh, there's goodness, the entire, I haven't heard this one. There, so there's the entire story of that doll being restored from sanding to painting and everything else. But I almost forgot about the one fix that would help you in your um, Golden Ryan. Was that his name? Yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> So do our tell, Becca, since we started with this problem, how can I solve my problem? Yes. Um, and, and then we'll get into our, uh, uh, one more thing, and then we'll get into our vinyl dolls. Um, so one thing that really is kind of sticking out there and prone to breaking is doll fingers and doll ears. Oh, goodness, yes. Doll ears, thankfully, are often covered by things like hair and things like that, so it's easy enough to kind of, even if there is a small seam, you don't see it much, and there's usually not that much pressure on it and things like that. Doll fingers, though, once they break, the doll's hands are always out, always being used. I, I mentioned in the doll meetup episode, make sure to wrap some bubble wrap or something around them if you're going far, uh, just to keep the hands safe. Um... But if the finger breaks apart, simply gluing it will always have that weakness in that spot. So if you find that there isn't enough surface area to really overcome the pressures of just life on that finger where it pops off right at the same spot again, you're going to have to do some surgery. 
Your, your doll's going to get a very, 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 very tiny metal bone. <laughs> you take the tiniest, gosh darned, um, little uh, drill bit you can find. Uh, you can find them in hobby shops, like things like Dremels and things like that. Because you're need- going to need it to be thinner than the actual finger. One thing to look for if you're looking for something that you can have a lot of control over and will be very, very small is a hand drill. Yes. Or sometimes these drill bits are so dang tiny. Um, what what I did was something very similar to what I did when I was doing uh, rooting hair in my doll where I made my own rooting device uh, for one of my um, small dolfies. Um, uh, you can actually get a small piece of dowel. And actually either, like, temporarily glue that little bit in there or press it in there in a way that you have a little, almost pencil-sized thing that you can just easily control and drill it in there by hand. Because you don't want to go too fast either, and you want to really feel your pressure because you don't want to push it. You don't want it to go in at an angle or anything like that. You also don't want to introduce even more problems of cracking because drilling into that section of resin is putting pressure on from the inside going outward. And you want to go slow and careful so you're not putting so much energy into the finger via the, the, the drilling action that you are causing more issues. And you can always smart start with a smaller bit to start. And then if you figure out you need you have a little bit more room to work with, you can go to a slightly larger bit, almost like um, you would drill a pilot hole into a wall before you go to the next step. Same thing here. So step two, once you have a cylindrical cavity on both sides, is you take a piece of wire and you actually connect the two sides together. Once you get that wire about the right length to that, so that it's kind of filling most of the cavity but not pressing apart the seam, then you fill the cavity very, it's not going to require much glue, a little bit on each side, put in the wire, press the finger together, and then remove your excess glue as much as you can, and then press it together and put it somewhere nice and safe where it can wait for it to dry. Once it dries, if there's still any excess glue, you can sand off the remnants. And you should then have a nice strong bond with a metal piece that will help absorb any pressure that goes crosswise against that crack. And this will basically reinforce things nicely so that you'll have a nice firm uh, jointing when you kind of put things back together. Of course, there is still going to be a hairline crack where the finger broke off. And really, the only ways to make that invisible is... You can, blushing can help, but what do you suggest, Becca? Or most of the time, it's so minor, you can't ignore it, and it's sometimes better not to mess with it. It's very minor. Um, if when you sand down the little bit of excess, that should also uh, minimize it. Uh, what should also minimize it is uh, because most of the gripping in this case is being done by the, the cavity and the wire in between. You shouldn't require as much um, glue in between the actual finger 
like in between the actual crack anymore. So you should just require a very, very little amount there, which will mean mm-hmm. that there's less space in between, which will mean it minimizes that look. Of course, um, for things like fingers and like that and hands, what used to be everyone's go-to was the second-hand market. But now things like Delves have moved on to Fairyland, which have moved on to magnetic hands rather than the hook hands. So that's not an option anymore as certain pieces just aren't made anymore. And when you're in that situation, you can either hope and cross your fingers that you can find a replacement on the marketplace secondhand, or really your only choice is to do your best to either uh, reinforce the piece so that it is usable and visually beautiful, or something along those lines. Yes. Um, Now, a very, very easy repair to do that almost goes along the lines of maintenance is uh, restringing, winding, and uh, suading your doll. Um, Suading and uh, wiring, we got into very much into uh, how joints work, uh, one of our previous episodes. Uh, Stringing, um, also we went into there, but that's a great fix for an episode... uh, episode of I had a friend come over um and her doll what with his very long arms was having a a case of praying mantis arm <laughs> it's one of my favorite like uncanny valley doll thing is when their arms are like pulled up at sharp angles against their chest ready yes. to strike so <laughs> the solution was this to give give the arms less tension and give the joints more resistance. Um, so I both wired the arms and I used a thinner um, elastic, which provided less tension so it wouldn't be so springy. And he was actually able to hold his arms out. Um, what will more often happen in the case of dolls over time is that the joints will just start to get floppy. I've had someone pick up a doll and I've seen the knees almost like drop down a little from the knee joint as the weight pulls away from them as they are picked up by the thighs. Um, In that case, you just need to replace the elastic. Um, Just work slowly. Uh, However method you do it um, with forceps or I use use, uh, a ribbon that I actually thread through so that I I thread it through the end loop of the elastic and I gradually let it loose into the doll so that I don't let it snap into the doll at once. Because especially when those things are attached to S-hooks and things, those can actually (laughs) cause damage. So you want to be careful. Those little S-hooks are tiny little metal rounded fish hook shrapnel at that point, potentially. Yeah, so... but once you uh, get new uh, new elastic in there, um, you'll find that it works a lot better. Obviously, if you need a little bit more tension, uh, make the loop of elastic slightly shorter. Um, if you're not quite sure, you can always leave a little above the knot uh, You tie- when you tie the loop together. And you can loosen it up a little just by untying the knot. Um, don't be scared of restringing your dolls. It's not that bad. Uh, it's especially it not that bad a bit if you of have hand a friend. Strength, but other than that, it's really not so bad at all. 
And if you have happen to have a doll that is more complexly strung, like I've heard that the Fairyland bodies, the 60-centimeter the bodies, the F60s, are a little weirdly strung, and some other companies have been testing out different stringing methods because of different designs of how interchangeable parts that they're trying to do with their dolls. There's usually either on their website or came with the doll if you have a brand new one diagrams of exactly how the strings are supposed to be strung through the doll and worst to worst go online and ask people to help you out a lot of people someone else has this doll and someone else has done this and they've fought with it six different ways and figured out exactly how the string is supposed to go it's not scary it's very low it's very low damage potential and it can only really help and it sometimes educates you on a lot of interesting things about the doll, having it in its component pieces that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll recommend if you do not have a set of helper hands is to get a, a, a pair of the forceps that can clamp down on the, um, on the uh, elastic as you pull it out of the foot or the arm. Basically, once you pull it out of the foot of the arm, you clamp those little forceps down on it. And that allows you, without a pair, of, a second friend or a pair of hands, to either thread your little uh, T hook, uh, for better lack of term, stringing tool, or thread your uh, string or ribbon through there, so you can ease the elastic back into the doll. There's a lot of ways to go at it, and a lot of it is just do it and see what the results are. Yes. Um, most companies nowadays uh, don't string their um, dolls directly in and hook onto the head cap like old Volks dolls did. So uh, with that, it's a lot easier to remove the most heart-pounding part to possibly damage, which is the doll's head, before you get into the rest of the unstringing process. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, let's talk about vinyl dolls. And we're officially moving into a section of doll ownership as well as repair that I'm much less familiar with than Becca. So I get to be the person who bats her eyelashes and asks questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is almost applies a little closer to your, your um, Figma because probably on the pieces that you're going to be doing this on, uh, unless it's made of something different, uh, most of the... Dolphy Dreams, Smart Dolls, um, etc. Obitsus have internal skeletons that are made of the, um, was it PV? Acrylic resin? Yeah, it's made of that harder plastic. Um, and when this harder plastic breaks, you're not going to use a water-based glue. You're not going to use a super glue. You want to use a solvent glue. The solvent glue will actually melt the two pieces back together. Uh, obviously, in the case of a Figma, you don't want to use it in that part um, because it would actually fuse the joint and it wouldn't be able to make the wings flap or whatever. But for other broken parts, or if you can remove a part and isolate the peg to re-glue the peg, this would work. Um, yeah, can... basically what I need to do is I need to find a way to remove the pegs that are stuck in them out and hmm, see 
here's where there's some problems because this is also something that does apply to interior skeletons and any sort of vinyl doll that is using hard plastic pins that go into hard plastic holes is when you break off something and leave the stick, so to speak, behind inside the hole, it is nearly impossible to pull it back out. Um, What you need to do is you're going to need to make a peg... You're going to need to paint a peg popsicle. That's exactly what I've been researching recently. (laughs) Um, A lot of that peg popsicle is actually quite related to what we were just talking about, about taking a very small, small drill bit and taking it to some plastic. Yes, so you take your small drill bit, you take it to some plastic. The only difference here is that you're going to glue in the one end first with as little glue as you can because you don't want it to get into the rest of the joint there so that you can then, once it dries, pull the rest of the peg out. Um, and just like we were talking about with fingers, anything that breaks that's an internal skeleton for Dolphy Dream and the like, you can u- similarly use the same um, creating a pin and a cavity process to glue it and I would use the solvent glue to get it all together um, nice and steady. I would actually use um, two types of glue. I would use for the inside of the cavity, because we're bonding not just plastic, but plastic to probably a metal, I would use a super glue for that, which was, uh, as we said last uh, month, cyanoacrylate adhesive. Um, and then... For the parts that are actually bonding the two plastics together, I would use the solvent glue. Um, um, some of the places I've seen the solvent glue, because you're talking about it, and I don't relate very strongly to the vinyl dolls, but I do relate to model making and gunpla. Yes. And a lot of, they're made out of the same sort of hard plastics as the internal skeleton, say, of a Dolphy Dream. Yes. And... You can find in that community and on those websites the exact solvent glue that we're talking about in small amounts, which is usually all that you're going to need. If you want to play a little bit more for it, you can get it from Games Workshop, also known as the people that make uh, Warhammer. (laughs) (laughs) Everything from Warhammer is somehow slightly more expensive than its alternatives. Well... How, who are we to speak? We 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 we're talking about Volks and the like here. So, don't 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 <laughs> remind us about the wallet problem. Oh jeez. <laughs> the the I I love as a small tangent. I am definitely the person who's like ten dollars for a T-shirt. What? And then goes hmm, sixty dollars for a wig is awful cheap. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's just just part of the your perspective is different. <laughs> um now also um it wasn't until I think we mentioned this in our vinyl doll uh episode. It wasn't until recently that folks actually in their Dolphy Dream threes, I believe, started selling replacement parts for the internal skeletons or even the vinyl oh, pieces. Yeah. Um so previously if it broke you either had to fix it. We had to figure out how to replace it. And um, there's have become, because of this, aftermarket parts for the Dolphy Dream 1s and 2s. Uh, one place you can find those is uh, if you Google cool cat dolls, it'll bring right up the uh, 
the shopping website. And they have a section just for replacement parts for Dolphy Dreams. Um, these pieces often are in metal or aluminum to be strong and light and are sometimes even more flexible than the original parts. Essentially, as Volks has upgraded their dolls, they've been doing it for a reason because there's flaws in design or things that they could improve upon. And often those were the pieces that would break. Um, Brief tangent talking about stronger and flexible versions of the internal skeletons. Because of the way that the Dolphy Dreams and dolls like them work, where you have this softer vinyl exterior that is sort of popped on over these interior skeletons, because of these very problems, people have made completely custom skeletons out of metals and stronger plastics. So if you really have problems with your skeleton and you're at the point where maybe buying a whole different one would be better, people do make them and sell them. Wow. Cool. So I that- saw this more when I was in a different country called Japan, and I haven't seen as much here, but I'm absolutely certain there's ways to buy them. Yeah, I'm sure there's a so- shopping service or something somewhere that will help you out with that. Um... So, next thing, which I hope will never happen to you, but maybe it will as you're trying to get your um, vinyl outer shell off of the skeleton, is a tear in the vinyl. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Uh. (laughs) Tears in the vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. All I know, like, because I did a lot of the research on the vinyl side, we were talking about vinyl initially, like, the formulation of it and how it's made, and there was a lot of distinct things said about how hard it is to fix things like that because of the very nature of it. Yes, and like I said, until recently, Volks didn't even sell replacement pieces, so it was up to people to figure out how the heck to actually fix it. Um, so... Uh, if it's in a place where you're not going to see it, like the most often place uh, a doll will vi- with vinyl will have a tear is usually when somebody's doing repair on a, a rooted doll's head. It'll usually, it has too much stress there or you try to root too many things in the place and you tear the doll's head on the top. Um, there's actually called things that are called vinyl repair compounds that actually cure, like, uh, a two-part epoxy, epoxy, um, and will actually cure there. However... Oh my goodness, I had no idea. That's not a resin or, or, or a skin tone match, I should say. Um, so that's not the most ideal thing unless it's really, really an out-of-the-way place. So the first thing you want to do for a, a crack somewhere that's going to be visible is there's something called vinyl repair glue. Uh, I believe that these would be... Are they some sort of solvent glue, similar to what we were talking about earlier with, where it technically sort of melts what it is applied to, and that melting and resolidifying sort of allows the curing, kind of allows it to be formed back together? I don't think it is. Looking through my list, I think it's somewhere between a super glue and a contact adhesive. Um... Yeah, because, like, one of the big challenges here is because vinyl, by its nature, is flexible. Yeah, so these glues, when they dry, they dry flexible. Um, Oh. So that's the thing. It's a 
often things that people will use to repair couches and things like that. It's, it's wait, a... wait, couches? In what way to repair a leather couch? You mean exactly? Oh, like plus, like especially like leather couches. How you have methods, but like fake leather couches. Actually, you're now that I'm remembering it a lot. The way pleather is made isn't too dissimilar in the basic elements as vinyl as yes. I'm thinking about it. And they'll often come in clear for these uh, vinyl repair glues so that it'll match anything so you don't have to worry about a match. So, but that's only part one because when you have a crack, just like when you have a crack in the resin, it's prone to opening again. And it's even worse with the vinyl because. Just by the process of the vinyl being squishy, when you squish it, it's going to push, put pressure on that um, opening to open up again. Yeah, so, and a lot like a piece of paper, like once it's ripped, it kind of wants to keep going. Yes. So what you're going to do is on any place that isn't visible, you're essentially going to do a patch. Just like I was mentioning that patch before on the inside, like on the edge of a cup with suede you're going to do the oh, same thing. Oh, I see. So you just have to kind of soak a scrap of uh, fabric in some of this uh, vinyl uh, repair glue, and you put it behind there, and you put a few more layers on, and you put a patch behind it. Um, I actually have uh, one of my dear friends actually did a really cool customization, and when I saw it, I was horrified because I'm like, you put a scar into the front of Adolfi's eye. How? <laughs> is that yeah, not going to no, rip through? Yeah, the immediate through? reaction is, how did you? How? <laughs> how is that? Tearing, yeah. tearing the vinyl on purpose and then somehow keeping it from keeping, not from going. How do you, how do you mod vinyl? Yeah, no, that was like, it broke my brain. <laughs> but that's how he did it. He reinforced the back so it would never go further because it has a stop, which is that 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 fabric piece that's behind oh. it to um give a bit more perhaps a visual explanation you're taking a piece of something flexible such as fabric i suppose would be an option right that is larger in all directions than the tear yes and you are attaching it behind the the tear so that there's a wide surface area of contact of the patching thing to the still intact vinyl and yes. that's part of what makes it so strong and uh i, I heard tell that if you don't wipe down the edges of of your seam after you work on it you can actually lightly sand the area to get the excess off as well um i would be iffy about that because i don't know i've never tried to sand vinyl and <laughs> it seems weird to my brain but I feel like in it wouldn't be so much sanding at that point as sort of just like rubbing the off. effect of a cheese on a grinder on a grater. Yeah, grating it. I, I think <laughs> I think that more of the idea is just to gently scrape the excess off. Um, yeah. So the other main thing about vinyl is because it's um, flexible. Something interesting about that is it's more porous, um, which means it's it's got more gaps in between things to make it be able to bend like that, which also means that, like we were mentioning in our previous episode with dyes, the more room there is between things, the more readily dye can be taken into the, um, the substance. 
So, oh, and what else do we know that is a problem with dolls? But the dyes in fabric rubbing off and staining the things beneath. Yes, sometimes even the default outfits that come with these very limited, very expensive dolls can actually cause staining. Um, to the point where they actually... Uh, Volks sells skin protective tape and bodysuits. They actually made a very specific bodysuit for Hatsune Miku. I remember her... this because it has her number on the shoulder. That's it, in the red. <laughs> because if they just used the normal one, you wouldn't. it would cover up her number and then people wouldn't have used it. So they actually made a very, very special one just for her. Um, but let's assume that you didn't take the precautions, didn't use body soups, didn't use body tape, and you got a stain in your vinyl doll. Oh, man, what do you do then? There's chemicals for that. <laughs> um, There's always chemicals for this. <laughs> it's, uh, so, so for resin, we used uh, something to clean up our teeth. For vinyl, we used something to get our, remove our zits. Are you kidding me? I'm not. The, what is it? The active ingredient in acne medication, which is like, no matter what else is in the damn thing, the active ingredient is like the same across all of them. That works on vinyl? Yes, it is benzonal, uh, yeah, benzonal, benzonal? peroxide. I might be saying this weird, but uh, I'm trying my best. Um, benzonal peroxide. No, I think that's right. Um, in your pimple creams. It's at a 10% for the cream. Um, so similar to your resin, you want to wash it off first, scrub it down so it has nice contact with the uh, vinyl, put it on there. Um, and for the 10% uh, cream, I heard that it's good if you heat up the vinyl to kind of open up the pores a little. You don't want it to get it over warm, so you can use like something like a light, a warm room, something like that. And then uh, leave it on for... oh. Let's see, where's my notes for this? Leave it on for, like, uh, four hours. Rinse it off. See where it is. If you want more, repeat the process. Warm it up. Put it on there. Now, that being said, after uh, doll groups and people took note that this worked, there's actually some professional-grade things that now work for this. Um... One is actually called Remove Zit. Remove Z I T. Oh, um, from Twin Twin Farm uh, Twin Pines of Maine Incorporated. It has approximately three times the active ingredient that your um, pimple cream would, and it'll work that much Gosh. faster. Uh, with this one, uh, the person didn't even when I looked at it, they didn't even apply heat. They just put it on. And they left it for about 48 to 72 hours. And then if the stain was still there, they repeated. Now, My goodness. <laughs> uh, now even uh, Volks has something called Dream Rescue, which I'm assuming has something around 10% to 30% of benzoyl, benzoyl peroxide. Um, so it's uh, it helps just... Bring it out, I guess, similar to, uh, it must work some, some of the same way be of, um, 
osmosis just like it sits there and it draws it up like a straw because it's not yeah, equilibrium on each of, side because the difference of the um the number of molecules on either side of the thing that's going on makes the molecules want to move and thus leave the host material for lack of a better word yes you, now we sound like aliens but yeah you goodness, actually it you actually goodness. leave a good good coating on there so you leave a bit of the gunk right there you don't rub it in you leave it sit um so My then you goodness. actually wipe it off clean it off and it should get better it should Yes. Very clear. Should. Um, like with anything, depending on the age of the item you're working with, or how badly stained it is, or who made it, any of these methods require a little bit of trial and error. And what I find most impressive is, as I've noticed a lot, particularly with folks, just because I'm fairly aware of them as a company, is there's a problem. And then the community goes look, we've got to fix this. And we find a solution, and then so mysteriously, suddenly, something that looks a lot like that solution starts showing up in the actual professional end of things. Such as replacement pieces, or special dye solution. And even the body socks, I believe, started out as a fan um, workaround for the problem with the Dolphy Dream, and then Volks went, well, let's make a custom one that isn't exactly the right color. There you go. And they even now make eye putty in normal skin and white skin that's exactly the right color for their dolls. Yeah. It's really convenient, but it says a lot to how much, as a sort of a side note of something that I always find interesting, is which companies are paying such close attention to the hobby hobbyists themselves to react in that way, to pick up on this. For example, Volk's to my eyes at least, when I was in Japan, Volks had a certain style of clothing that they were sort of like a certain aesthetic they were pushing at that time. And then you'd walk out onto the floor where hobbyists have made things and are selling them and you see where the biggest lines are. And mysteriously, now that I'm back in America and a little bit of time has passed for the marketing machine to move and outfits and aesthetics that are very similar to what I was seeing on the floor are now making it into what they're selling. You mean like steampunk? Like, um, steampunk, um, in particular, I'm thinking of recently Volks had specialty, um, one of their limited editions was a pair uh, that were star-themed, that had a very sort of dreamy look to them, Ah. and their clothing had a very, um, almost Mori-style-esque look to them. Yes, a lot of And they looked almost identical to things that I was seeing on the floor about a year or two ago. Yes. Uh, so you, can you think of anything else to um, add to our lovely little rundown of uh, basic of things and ways to do things? Um, actually, one I can think of at least one thing that was something a friend of mine was warning into recently. Um, they had purchased on the secondhand market a doll, and when they received them and opened up the head cap, they found a miraculous mess of eye putty inside and it wasn't really eye putty it was something else that had dried to a like crumbly crumble crumble levels ew okay and it was just the eyes were not sitting in properly and they really had to like take the head off really clean out the interior 
and apply um, new material to it. And that's to say that sometimes some problems you're seeing is because whatever you're using, like those replaceable things like suading, hot glue suading, um, your eye putty, it might be just time to switch them out. When you do something like a mod, like especially hot glue suading, over time through friction, those things are going to break down and it doesn't last forever. Even face-ups, if unless you're very careful with them, really don't last forever. And it's important to, to see simple things that you can do to make things, refresh the doll and how they pose and how they look is to just throw in some different fresher eye putty. Go back and maybe redo the hot glue stringing that you did a little while ago. All those small mods and refresh your elastic or look at those simple things first to see if they might help you out and sort of give a new life to your doll before you go too deep into now I must remake them better, stronger, faster. So talking about making things better, stronger, and faster, <laughs> Ningyo Bingo has taken on a quite large project, which is the reason why this episode <sighs> is late. We were hoping that it would be sort of ready to be released into the universe by the time you release this episode, but we're not quite there yet, but it is on its way. So I would like to introduce, uh, by the graces of the old owner of Angel Den, Kessel, Nino Bingo's Neo Angel Den. Starting with the full custom service, uh, full choice service section, we are going to be revamping the site uh, and reintroducing it and bringing it up to date. So it will be actually a complete up-to-date source for full custom service. For those of you who aren't familiar with Angel Den, which um, in the earlier days of the English side of this hobby was a quite well-known resource and one of the few resources we had for details about the full choice system that Volks ran. It's a website that Cassiel created for the benefit of all of us, really, displaying with pictures and details all of the full choice options from Volks at that time, as well as keeping track of the limiteds that they were releasing, um, details about who sculpted what. It was a beautiful and wonderful resource. And due to one thing or another, has unfortunately become a little bit out of date over time. And me and Becca have been eyeing it for a very long time, sort of thinking to ourselves, man, wouldn't it be nice if we, if we could bring that back up to date? And, um... Cassell was wonderful and gracious enough to actually give us permission to and sent me all of the website in a zip file. Which, like, she did not have to do. Uh, Becca went to her, she asked, for, like, is, are you, we made sure it was completely okay with her before we did anything else. And to be given just basically the keys to the kingdom of something that she worked very hard on and that was a big part of it. And I'm sure she's very proud of it still, of the part it played in the hobby and the part it still plays in the hobby to allow us to do this and to trust us to do this is I'm particularly very complimented and thank her quite a lot to being so gracious about it. Yes. I'm, I'm quite without, without um, creating dreams, which is the section of angel den that showed full custom service. I wouldn't have been able to plan for and plan my MSDF 21 so I'm hoping that this will help others in the future and other countries and the like plan their full 
choice system dolls or maybe just like daydream these days it's a little harder to do what you used to be able to do which you would have a pro um people would ask someone who lived in japan to go for them and order for them and send it back and volks has become very wary about that process and that's part of why they introduced the u.s based full custom very limited version of the full choice system to for us to use but only in the united states and it's n- you kind of need to be living there to be able to do this anymore. But just having that information and there's still a lot of Yahoo auction and secondhand selling of all of these parts. And being able to see all of that in one place. Like, I know there's a few people who have been gathering together pictures and keeping up to date lists of what are the current faces. But I don't know if we have a really truly central resource for the whole shebang anymore. So, um... That will be uh, one of my projects for this next uh, next month, and I hope by the by the uh, beginning of next month, so by the time the next episode is released, we'll lucky thirteen. <laughs> yeah, well, um, Neo Angel Den, the uh, full choice system section of it, will be up and running. Um, I will not yet give out the uh, URL for it because it has a lot of broken links at the moment. As I uh, I uh, re-coordinate the website into uh, an easily updatable format for us. And just, it has a lot more information that needs to go into it. Um, So that is one of our great projects. And I'm proud to say that we will be keeping track of the historic changes at minimum of just the full full choice system. I always want to say full custom service, full choice system um, of folks. (laughs) Well, it is a full a full custom service, really. <laughs> so, if you would like to get into contact with us, and you might maybe because you have some pictures you'd like to help uh, replenish the uh, Neo Angel Den's website with, you can. Oh yes, um, to <laughs> just add on to that, if anyone who is a deep folks hobbyist would like to share with us any images of, especially the newer faces that we have. I think from, like, the 40s onward, we're in, like, the 70s now. Oh, it's 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 worse than that, hun. Uh, Goodness, aren't we up to 80? <laughs> okay, so, on the original like, what website... what exactly do, would we love to to have people, co- like, if bring the community into to help us build this out? So, of the mini Super Dolphies, um, Creating Dreams last left off on 29. Oh, God. <laughs> We're now up to 49. Okay, okay. Similarly, 20. we need 20. We're going to need up to 20 more. All right. All right. On the Super Dolphies, it last ended in 52. We're now up to 73. Okay. We're, we're in about a number of 20. It's not as bad. Though we also now have the SDGR body instead of the SD613 body. And we have the new alternate limbs for the SD of the SD13 um, 13. girls. And we also have the SD16. And we have the US version of everything. And we have the Super Dolphy meaties. So all of these things are <laughs> things that we need to find images for so we can share them with the community. And I know there's a lot of people out there who have been keeping um a list somewhere i know at least on one forum there's a really great and i wish i remember the name of the forum off my head to like give them a shout out um someone has been doing a great job of trying to keep up to date with the images of the um dolls themselves oh wow 
But okay. um, so if like you... at least just the heads, just the heads. But if you have any of these things, or if you would like to help us out as someone who knows a lot about Volk's history and things like that, there is a place you can contact us. Which is ningyobingo at gmail.com, which is N-I-N-G-Y-O-B-I-N-G-O at gmail.com. If you would like to subscribe to us, you can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, Google Play. And of course, uh, to get all of our lovely places like Facebook and the like, you can go right to our website at ningyobingo.com. You can also definitely send us a message on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, and we absolutely check all the messages. Um, as a follow-up to that, in addition, if you have any questions you'd like us to address or things you think would be great to send out as information into the hobby, please drop us a line. We would absolutely love to address anything that you're interested in or give you a shout out and share some great information you have about any of the things we've talked about so far. Yes. So as you are possibly repairing your doll and think about all the new dolls you can get at the same time, remember to keep on collecting dolls, but keep a budget. 